We're joined today uh, by professional MMA fighter Craig Mac McIntosh, otherwise known by his peers as Mop, or We Mop. I don't uh, know if... Just Mop. <laughs> mop, okay. We, we, we You've taken over the realm. the younger brother. Yeah. yeah, he's my younger brother. He's so your I've, younger uh, brother. So got, not the other one. Ah, uh, okay. I wasn't sure which way round it was. Yeah, I've got a younger brother. He fights as well. He's uh, he's just started. Uh, he just recently fought in Cage Warriors, actually. Oh, well. wicked! Uh, so do you like follow him along to his events? Or? Yeah, yeah. I was cornering him for that as well. Um, I was gonna say you're like his biggest supporter oh, <laughs> in the corner, screaming. And... Like that's that's your job as a big brother. Oh, I, I think it's like the onus is on you to kind of like show that support and like morale towards them. Yeah. Uh, but I put fighting out of Alloa. Alloa. Not yep. Alloa. <laughs> Alloa. <laughs> yeah, I had to get that right, Hi, Scotland. Uh, so I said that your humble journey began with grappling at hole in Sauchi. There's a lot of tough words yeah, here. So Socky. 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 <laughs> yeah. See, I'm struggling yeah, with these words. <laughs> Under the esteemed tutel tutelage of uh, late judo world champion Josh Gavin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about kind of your journey to begin with like how your career started tell us a little bit about like your come up into the career kind of what inspired you in the first place to kind of take those first steps yeah. so i know you've got quite uh like an i was not illustrious uh i'd say a, a colorful kind of like background you mentioned with like yeah work, am i correct aye aye so when i, when I was younger you know i started yeah i got got in a wee bit of trouble and stuff like that in my teenage years um to the point where I was like, right, I really, really need to sort my life out. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of brushing over it there, but it was, it, it got pretty bad. Um, I was able to make those changes. Fortunately, you know, I was able to make those changes, and uh, it was October 29th, 2007. I decided to stop drinking alcohol and and turn everything that led from that. Would you say there was like a catalyst? Was there a key point that kind of inspired you to want to make that change? Yeah, I, th I think like. Uh, and AA and things like that, they would call it uh, rock bottom. I never, yeah. you know, I never went through any of those programs or anything like that. It was all just through my own head. So um, emotionally and like mentally, you kind of mm. were seeing the outcomes of your drinking. Essentially. Yeah, I had, I'd kind of got to a point in my life where I had, <coughs> um, you know, I didn't like myself, and that was that's yeah. that's not never a great place to be. Yeah. Um, really, anything about myself at that point, but you know, I could remember a time where I did at least like myself. You know, so I was so like, you right. to get back to that point, yeah, and kind of, I suppose. You, had you always trained up until this point? No, so as far as right, like being okay. an athlete goes, I, I was I couldn't yeah. have been any further from being an athlete in my younger years. You Would know? you say you were athletic at all? Like, did you do no. like running, football? So no, none of the sorts. Ter a terrible athlete as a child. That's you actually know? way more interesting. Cause yeah. Mostly, you you think of athletes and you think they're like from the moment they're born they're just yeah. naturally gifted and they just they. they you know, their parents kind of pushed them into this role. And... Yeah, I was I was the opposite. I was more kind of book smart. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so like like math was my favourite subject. Like I loved math. You know, and and jiu jitsu is kind of similar to math. To yeah, be honest, but um, it's, re it's really I'm terrible at math. How am I going <laughs> to? I was going to ask for a demonstration later and everything. It's, it's, it's logical. So like, there's always an answer, pretty much. So that's yeah. the yeah. the best way to. The technical it, sport. Yeah, very, very yeah. technical sport. Whereas MMA, it becomes there's, there's so many variables that it becomes a wee bit harder to determine mm. outcomes. But in so would you say like jujitsu is like a discipline? Is it kind of a little bit more chess-like in that it's kind of yeah, yeah, you chunk bits together and you learn how different sequences. Aye, because it's only grappling. I don't know if I just see that because I was trying to solve MMA as a puzzle in my own head, but yeah. which is a very very difficult puzzle to solve I think so if I got you a Rubik's Cube right now you'd just be there able to <laughs> <laughs> I've, been too, I've been too busy learning martial arts yeah. pretty much anything other than martial arts I don't know that much <laughs> 
I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say just like me, and I was like, wait, no, I don't know martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> I left out that key ingredient too. Aye, um, aye. So when when I was uh, when I was younger, I wasn't an athlete at all. I was, um, you know, just went through school. Kind of, I tried pretty much every sport. I tried, you know, yeah. I tried football. I tried rugby. I tried basketball, skateboarding. I was gonna say, what's like the national sport in Scotland? Football is really, really football. Popular. Really, Fo- you said rugby as well. Mm, it's getting there now, but when I was Being younger, Welsh, it, it like was rugby ca- is pretty much everything yeah. in yeah. Wales at least it, it wasn't really a big deal um, back then I suppose it's become yeah. way more popular now um, but for me honestly I just didn't like the I like the directness of martial arts the one on one competition um, I didn't like the fact with team sports and stuff like that like one you know you, you could fail and it wouldn't be your fault yeah. um, or so you like, like accountability I like and accountability. held responsible yeah, yeah I'm similar I've always preferred like independent sports mm-hmm. I like to kind of like hold myself accountable and like if I feel like I'm not performing to like my best and what even just you know casual going to the gym going for runs yeah if i don't perform how i normally perform it kind of like mentally gets to me yeah. but i use that as a driving force to like steer myself mm. forward which yeah. is always good and it's easier to be able to kind of break it down and say right this is what i need to do or but when it's other people involved yeah. then it's, it's kind of almost like you're, you're powerless with that yeah yeah um, for sure and just even sometimes you know guys were coming in with slide tackles and you've received yeah. guys getting their, their knees ripped apart and all sorts all like of that's kind of out your control i guess yeah. isn't it? and like i suppose when you're like an mma fighter like being able to have that kind of control is quite crucial i'd imagine because obviously it's you versus one person so it's a game yeah. of and they're standing hat. in front of you there's nothing coming from the yeah. side coming from the yeah. back anything like that so you've so. got all the information well not all the information but you've got information in front of you that you can yeah you can, you, you can work with so yeah yeah i just i, I never quite i never really got into team sports too much when i was younger um i enjoyed them but I, also i wasn't good at any of them you know and I probably now, be modest. I was, I was, no, I was, I was, I was bad at all of them, you know. But now I know that that's also probably just because I didn't stick with them long enough. Because I do yeah. believe that if you, you know, practice hard Dedication. enough at anything, you can get. Well, they say get ten thousand hours is the number, isn't it? Well, yeah. that's the ballpark figure that they give you for mastery, isn't it? So, yeah. uh, out of interest, uh, obviously you have knowledge of all these other sports growing up but mm-hmm. what was like your knowledge of martial arts back then did you have any kind of nothing really like I, I loved the films you know I like loved Bruce Lee I, I loved, yeah. I loved yeah. the Bruce Lee films I loved Rocky yeah. films um, you know anything and I, I was a huge wrestling fan you know you know like uh, the kid yeah. up the pretend like wrestling WWF. Oh, I was a huge your, do you have a favourite wrestler yeah, Bret Hart, without a doubt. Bret yeah. Hart, he was yeah. the guy that you know, because he could wrestle for real a wee bit as well. And yeah. his dad had this dungeon where he used to t- take people, and people would come from all over the world to Canada to to train with them and be taught how to wrestle. You know, yeah, um, it was like, and they had a particularly close to real style of wrestling as well, where you know some of the so submissions. So you were able to learn doing. a lot just in the way that they moved and stuff, kind of technique. I just I just like the whole idea behind it. Like, don't get me wrong, these guys are not Don't get me. Wrong, you got some Olympic wrestlers and that that eventually got into the the, the kid on stuff, the professional wrestling. But um, it was more just the storylines. I was just yeah. as a kid, I enjoyed the storylines and stuff. Dramatic, and, wasn't it? Ah, it was really dramatic. Do you have like a favorite, like of your of your own or? Uh, wow. Did you watch wrestling? I suppose I, you're a little bit younger, so maybe you missed out on that like big era of kind of yeah. wrestling. Um, hmm. I played the games. I played yeah, the games. Okay. I really like Cactus Jack. Oh, he was good. He eh? was cool. Like, he was see, a crazy I don't really with 
I grew up with like the Big Show and Aye. you yeah. know Edge and well C- Cactus Jack that was just Mankind and also yeah. they were the same guy Mick Foley was Rodrigo wasn't it yeah. is that right okay yeah I must have missed that kind of like narrative uh, yeah. then. he had like three oh, yeah. characters and I think one time in the Royal Rumble he came out as all three characters so he got eliminated came back as an <laughs> ex-character came, oh, so he just kept coming back. see I love this story <laughs> and where they're like smashing people through glass and Aye. Then... now that's that's when I think back yeah. to that like the stuff they were showing on the TV no wonder it got banned a lot people getting set on fire and, and stuff and blood everywhere people getting set on fire <laughs> flung off roofs hit with uh, you know sometimes guys were getting hit with barbed wire baseball bats and yeah. stuff like that and you're, <laughs> you're thinking mm. I know it's obviously for show and I know uh, it's obviously they're trained actors you might say but at the same time this is getting like publicly aired to yeah. millions cutting of people cutting themselves is common you know they would do the thing with the razor where they'd yeah. cut themselves and then the blood would be everywhere crazy yeah. isn't it yeah. like, with like things with the undertaker as well where he'd be like in a burning building and stuff ah, like trying to escape and you're like yeah I think they were this? just really trying to push limits you know yeah. but, and they did they definitely did understatement of the year <laughs> it was mad I thought because you'd see them being put through the announcers table and all this crazy yeah. stuff and it was just like it's a kid's thing, isn't it? And so yeah. you look at that, you think, oh yeah, my child watches this. That's very... As uh, a child, you yeah. love that. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was a child watching though. it, you know, I loved it. And it was yeah. on late as well. I guess he had it on, you know, at four in the morning and stuff sometimes. But um, I was staying up. <laughs> I find that though, a lot of the time, like parents can like censor things like that. I know I had friends yeah. that, you know, they weren't allowed to play games like Grand Theft Auto growing up. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, I was pretty much exposed to playing as many games I wanted, mm-hmm. watching what I wanted. And I've never felt, obviously, I felt that that's kind of, like, helped me kind of yep. understand things a little bit better. Um, I think that can happen as well. Like, it'll go one way or the other. You, when, you know, you're exposed to a lot, it's going to, you're right, now yeah, understand absolutely. that. absolutely. Mm. But, yeah, so I, I enjoyed the wrestling. That was one of the things that I like to, I like to watch How much TV. of an influence do you think that has had on, kind of, martial arts or MMA as a, dis- you know, as a separate? bunch of disciplines obviously yeah I, I think it actually has had quite a lot you think? especially yeah. more so recently um, you're starting to see guys obviously Conor McGregor's been the you know Switching the biggest over, name aren't they uh, yeah but he, even even with that you know Brock Brock Lesnar would have been I think the first person who jumped from WWE to MMA, to MMA. and he was crazy successful you know he became yeah. a world champion in it I mean, granted, the heavyweight division wasn't that strong at the time, but to, to but do kudos it... Kudos him to aye. switch over from, obviously, you'd say wrestling, obviously, it's not easy physically, yeah. but at the same time, it's it's not it's physically not getting battered. Yeah. Yeah. It's, wrestling is still an act at the end of the day. It's an act, aye. To make yeah. a switch is just mad. But the difference with Brock Lesnar was, prior to becoming a professional wrestler, he was also... Uh, um, collegiate wrestler and mm. he was a uh, national right. he was so he a had that division one champion yeah, um, yeah. with a ridiculous record he's one of the greatest uh, amateur wrestlers of all time mm. so you know as a heavyweight anyway do you reckon a lot of like the wrestlers um, modern wrestlers have a past experience of being elite athletes to some degree yeah, or at least kind yeah. of like a, college level a chunk of them anyway yeah, yeah a good chunk of them because they are athletic guys <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're, they're usually genetic freaks you know yeah um, as well as probably some help from yeah, yeah I was going to say it's probably the, I'm sure Brock's had a little bit of help right? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, the, the doesn't take away spirit. from obviously everything he's achieved yeah least, exactly so. and even at school though you like you can see I've seen pictures of him from school and stuff you can see he still is like a freak athlete as a as a child or whatever and as you know a young yeah. man um, 
So I, yeah, I loved watching that, and you know, I would, I would wrestle with my friends and my brothers and stuff like that. Um, but that was about. I was going to, I was going to jump into it. I was going to say, obviously, what made you, or what inspired you to want to go down the route of fighting as yeah. opposed to any other sports that you potentially could have yeah, harnessed your energy yeah. towards. So I, I knew that you know I enjoyed having two brothers. You know, I knew I enjoyed. Enjoyed beating up your enjoy- brothers. I, I, well, or getting beaten up sometimes. <laughs> My brother would disagree, actually. Um, yeah. But I, I enjoyed that sort of... That, I always enjoyed the feeling of fighting. Yeah. Um, mm. The actual act of it, but didn't enjoy the stuff that would come yeah, around with fights. You know, Because I was never the type to start a fight at school. I was never the type to... Were you the one who'd kind of... Like the protector. Somebody that would... You'd see the weakness in your friends, or you'd see their vulnerabilities, and then when somebody would like abuse their power and like take advantage of your friends would you step in and aye but it wasn't like I had a significant advantage over anybody you know that yeah. was that was in my nature but it wasn't so it was just your DNA kind of like a fire within you yeah because I, I I wasn't you know as a kid I wasn't like a better fighter than anybody because that's that's just you're just a kid you know it's mm. not until you actually learn skills that you have a significant advantage over other people in, in you know hand-to-hand combat so um, it just comes down to doing doing what you think is right as a, as a kid, you know, with stuff like that. So if, you, if somebody was getting picked on, you'd be sticking up for them. Or just even sticking up for yourself is hard enough when you're a kid, yeah. you know, because you're, you're, you're constantly going to run into people trying to test you, trying to, when you're going through the school, it gets worse when you go to high school because then there's more people. Mm-hmm. And it just, that's that's just a process I think that unfortunately all young men go through. Yeah. Um, and, and girls as well, I'm sure they go through it, but in slightly different ways. Maybe not so much with violence, but with, yeah. t- it tends to be more with, with words Mentally, and stuff like that. Mentally, which sometimes affect even you even worse mm-hmm. than physically. Yeah, I think girls at have actually got it worse, you know. Generally, mm. oh, I agree. I think if you like, at least when you fight with your fists in school, that's like accepted as like a norm amongst guys. Yeah. Whereas, like, when girls fight, like, they get kind of, you know, belittled for doing so, yeah. right? Aye, that and top of, you know, all the other things that come along with but it. But fighting's essentially a form of expression, isn't it? It's yeah. a build-up of emotion that you kind of, especially as a child, like you say, because you're overwhelmed so, so many different angles, that what other outlet do you have other than to express yourself through fighting sometimes, which is sad, isn't it? Aye. It has to lead Something's to that, always but... went seriously wrong socially when fights occur outside yeah. of a, a, an environment um, you know being sober and being around people that are drunk a lot of the time mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I see how I see the warning signs I see how they come about all the time like I find it hilarious um, just it's mostly to do with ego um, yeah, and it, sure. it happens yeah. when you know you get different guys that don't know each other in the room and oh, it's, it, it must be um, it, it must be in your sort of evolutionary it's psychology I yeah, where it's like tribalism he's not from my tribe and then you know but this person looks threatening yeah. and stuff like that and all these internal things go off and cause you to act the way that you act but I mean I see it a mile off and yeah, the, big, sure. the biggest thing is the ego is like dropping the ego I think I was going to say yeah. uh, from a Freudian perspective he'd probably ha- have a you know something to say about kind of the ego the super ego and mm-hmm. like impulsive behaviour and like yeah. I'd imagine like you say not everybody has that within their DNA, mm-hmm. but a lot of people feel threatened when in environments. So, like you say, their ego comes out. Yeah. They've got a certain like dominance or masculinity or whatever Aye, kind of just, traits. I, I always find that really, really strange. It's fascinating, isn't it? The psychology of why people feel threatened when obviously back in like hunter gatherer times you'd have like fight flight or freeze right you had to hunt to survive yeah whereas nowadays there's there's no pressure on somebody to actually 
fight, right? Yeah, exactly. Aye. Which is why, you know, something like MMA is so fascinating, kind of. So one of the questions I've got, like, uh, is MMA a good outlet for born warriors to fight legally? Do you think a lot of the time yeah. it's that people instinctively want to fight? Aye, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I'd probably get to there, but what I was saying, I, I love the act of fighting, you know, I, I love yeah. the, the, the actual act of it, the feeling of it, it's uh, one of the most enjoyable things in the, in the world. It wouldn't be enjoyable yeah. if it was an easy fight. It wouldn't be enjoyable if it was somebody that I could just, you know, beat up and they were untrained. It's yeah. only enjoyable when it's a, an actual when fight. When you know you're, yeah, it's an actual fight as opposed to just... You don't know you're going to win, you know, it's, yeah. it's only enjoyable when you have to, you know, push yourself to overcome and to try and get the victory. Yeah. That's when it's enjoyable. and. The way I always looked at it is, you know, is although it can be classed as dangerous, um, you know, re in reality, um, I've seen way more injuries from football and rugby and people getting their ligaments torn apart from, pe mm. from people I just... my cruciate ligament from getting rugby tackled mm -hmm. from behind. Yeah, just people maybe being a bit malicious um, yeah. in, in the moment, you know, during a, a team sport, a contact sport. And also just life is really, really dangerous. So like I've met loads of people that were really good in the gym, had a lot of talent, could have been, you know, done really well. Uh, they stopped training for whatever reason, you know, could have been anything. Um, but then it could have even been something positive, like, yeah, I've got this job, you know, I want to, yeah. I've got this job, I'm going to concentrate on that. Um, but ultimately that job was not their passion and they've, they've then, you know, immersed themselves in that job and at some point the job's got to the point where they've now got free time, you know, I'm doing my job and I've got free time at night. So what do they then start to do with their free time? Oh, I'm too old for MMA now, I'm not going to go back to that. So then they start occupying their free time with, you know, other things that are, aren't good for them and you start yeah. to see, and I've seen that happen with people where they've stopped the gym and then their lives fell apart or even worse, you know. Um, they've, they've maybe not been there anymore. I suppose you see that a lot with athletes and like competitors in general as well, because once they come to like the end of their career, it's then like, if they haven't got a plan in place of what they're passionate, something they're passionate about other than like their sport, yeah. where do they go from there? And a lot of the times, like you say, people fall into addiction, gambling, kind of unhealthy habits of like spending money impulsively and, yeah. and it must be tough. It, it yeah. can be easily done. And I think the, 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 those traits are, uh, quite similar to a lot of people that, that will, you know, be fighters or compete in martial arts because um, there's, it is quite an, it seems to be linked with impulsive people a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, it's quite a wild thing to do, you know. Um, but I think the biggest thing is not, too many people hold their self-worth on, you know, who they are as a fighter and and just as a fighter, you know. Not as a person. Not as a person yeah. and not in the other things that they've got going on in their life. like sometimes don't even realise it could be amazing things like, you know, being a great parent or anything, being a great family member, being a partner to the, you know, to the, to the message. So their to perception their, in their own minds is that unless I succeed as a fighter, I'm not a worthy human being. Yeah, and, the, and the actual reality of, of fighting is that, you know, very, 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 very few people are ever going to be the best fighter in the world. You know, yeah. it's it's mm. that's that's the reality of it in a, in a sport that is. And I suppose even when you level. are like 
You're only there for a short time. Consistently, is the best fighter in the world. Like, there's only two people that can ever claim it. You know, probably, um, or maybe three or four. Have you got any kind of like inspirations or icons that you think currently in MMA that you would say are up there as being the best? Yeah, I've seen. I've I've had a few over the years. Um, Yeah, I think like Khabib's the best example for Mm -hmm. for young for young uh, men and women that want to compete in in martial arts because. He's the very way. humble man as well when yeah. you watch his interviews as well very down to earth and you can tell he doesn't do it for the money um, no. the, the way that he lives his life as well obviously yeah. he's, uh, he's Muslim so is his dad his coach? he's um, correct yeah, his, his, yeah. His, dad, his, dad was, his dad was his coach. His dad recently passed away, but his dad uh, his dad coached him. Oh, I saw an interview with him recently. I, so is it fairly recently? Is fairly that? recent, about a year or so ago, aye. Um, it was just COVID. Oh, oh God, that's yeah. bloody sad as aye. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was... Uh, Soul destroying, yeah. Yeah, he was... Um, I mean, amazing, an amazing example of... Uh, of how and how to carry yourself and conduct yourself as well. He yeah. had the one incident where he lost his temper, but in terms of the way that he would carry himself in interviews, you know, his presence was enough usually yeah. to, to win. And he, he could, you know, he had some. He would have little cheeky digs, and he would play on the not being able to speak fully English. <laughs> when he clearly uh, he probably could. Yeah. If he wanted to kind of gesture his feelings, he probably could yeah. like elaborate on that. But the fact is that he kind of was confident in his own ability, so he didn't need to behave with words because he was good enough exactly. physically. To that, I think that's a cultural mentally. thing as well. Like it, yeah. a lot of Russian people were like that in general. There was somebody before him who was known as you know being one of the greatest, a guy called Fedor Emelianenko, and right. uh, he was very similar demeanor. Um, you know, he looked yeah. like he just came out of the pub. He was kind of a sort of flabby guy, just casual. Heavyweight. Seemed <laughs> it, like again in his DNA to fight and just. Yeah, but he was always you know stoic. He was. He would come yeah. out and just yeah. look like he was just going to the shops. Yeah, he was going to wait at the shop to get yeah. milk. That's what he looked like when he was coming out to fight, you know. And mm-hmm. then he would just, as soon as the fight, he would look down as well, you know, before the fight would start. And as soon as the fight would start, he would just be just pure violence. <laughs> How crazy. important is it to have like controlled aggression when you're fighting, or to yeah. stay? I don't, I don't want to say calm because, like yeah. you said, it's a very aggressive sport, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's different for everybody. Um, I think it's finding out what works best for yourself and also your opponent as well because you know like there's a fighter just to use Cowboy Cerrone for example there's certain fighters that are known um, as being slow starters so yeah. you know so it would be in the, their opponent's favour to start aggressively and try and catch them as they you know start kind of slow because with him if he, if he gets past the first round he usually starts to warm up and gets you know comfortable all the nerves are away and he starts to become the martial artist that he actually is yeah. um, guys like that I'd imagine are probably excellent in the gym um, I mean he's a, a, still a world class fighter anyway you know he's, he's reached the top level of UFC had nearly more finishes than almost anybody so you know I'm not saying he's a, a bad fighter no, in, in no. any way but in terms of you know the top top guys tend to beat him by coming out fast yeah, I was going to say, so then you have to adapt your strategy and your, like, your fighting style. So would you say, obviously, in your own career, have you had to, like, change the way you fight, which disciplines take, like, prominence? Yeah. Within? So is it, what do you specialise in mostly? Is it jiu-jitsu? Um, so, I, it's, you know, it's it's one of these things where I've, I've put equal effort into all martial arts. The, you know, the martial arts that I've studied uh, the most would be, I would say, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. Um, yeah. You know, later on, started judo as well. You know, put a, a, a good bit of time into judo, but I wouldn't. You started with judo. I start, started with a judo or club. Yeah, yeah. Start, started with a judo club. Um, so, martial arts wise, you know, I was really, really, really grateful to start at a judo club 
because yeah. it's a martial art that's dismissed a lot in mixed martial arts and now people are starting to sort of jump on board See, with it a wee bit more yeah but i've seen it's worth an early stage and and also just when you look at the actual history of the martial art it's like there's this crazy thing that happens where in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there was, I felt there was a wee bit snobbery where, where you know, a lot of the guys tended to look down on judokas ju um, and yeah. their ability in the ground game just due to the fact that um, it is less technical, but ultimately the martial art came from judo. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu came from judo, the, the, mm. the guy. Right. So, so taking someone to the ground kind of originated with judo then as opposed to... Yeah, it was, it was part of the martial right. art judo. It's called Niwaza and Randori is like your stand-up throws. And what happened was um, a judoka came to Brazil and taught the Gracie family. Um, and from there, the Gracie family changed the name of it to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, but they, what they did do was focus specifically or mainly on, on the ground part on the ground yeah, yeah. and, and mm. develop that part of the martial arts so you know they, they fully deserve the credit for what they've done with the, the Niwaza side of it but yeah. um, it, it was not like they invented grappling on the ground you know before yeah, yeah it was, there was already, historically there were already like evidence yeah of that they, being they, the they just further developed it and yeah. you know refined a lot of the techniques but I suppose that's still something that, ongoing like, like you're saying with judo kind of coming back into fruition yeah obviously and even england as well like uh, there was catch wrestling catches catch can um that's sort of wigan i think it was um there's a place called the snake pit in wigan and yeah. um they, they actually a lot of those, those guys ended up training uh japanese guys as well um okay. so yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of history there's, there's, there's a lot of internationalization yeah, as well there's catch wrestling uh, over in japan where um i think it was a guy called billy robinson trained a few um judokas who then just solely uh, represented the style of catch wrestling in yeah. Japan. Um, there was a guy Sakuraba. He was um, he was a great fighter, and eventually had the name the Gracie Hunter. But he um, he used to you know ask for all the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt guys because everybody was scared of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts at the time. Um, they were fighting in Japan in a place uh, a show called Pride. And this guy Sakuraba, he was called the Gracie Hunter. He would he would fight them all, and he was beating all the Gracie family. Um, but his style was catching. This catch was the Gracie Hunter. The Gracie Hunter, the Japanese guy Sakuraba, and he was yeah. he was beating all of the Gracie family. That's how he got the nickname. And uh, he was a catch as catch can wrestler, you know. So yeah. that was a, a style that originated in England. I suppose it's more feasible nowadays, obviously, with being able to travel so readily, and obviously with seeing all these different things culturally on telly and yeah i mean that's that's going back a while that's going back yeah. to the, the very start so you're you're into you know the i was gonna say back then it was yeah for someone like him to come and do what he did was probably quite spectacular Aye, and the information was so valuable as well because you didn't have the internet so like yeah. if some guy that had crazy skills came into your area you're like we need to Aye, and he's willing to teach and you that's how then it develops and then transfers to different villages changes culture and then, yeah, i mean taekwondo yeah. that's a korean martial art originally it's, yeah. it's it's you know been pushed all over the world now as a as a martial art and that's yeah. just it's just a lot of the time with martial arts it's, it's to do with being marketed the right way and obviously effectiveness but um with time what tends to happen with, with martial arts is unfortunately they get watered down to make them accessible to everybody streamline them essentially mm -hmm. so it's kind of so you kind of lose a lot of the essence of the martial art because yeah. it should never be easy you know um yeah. there's a big push now to you know for especially for brazilian jiu-jitsu i start to see it and it's great you know it's great that, they've, that, that lots lots of people are doing it and stuff like that as well but certainly when i started it and um it was very very hard to do and um 
most humans that came through the door didn't stay you know most because you had to be it was so yeah it was so tough, tough that you wanted to quit like i wanted to quit for yeah. the first year most days you know um, every day you, you you talk about people talk about anxiety you know, you, you would always have anxiety about going to, you know, this gym because especially when you're starting, there's nobody that's ever started martial arts that's went in and been a winner. Yeah. You start losing, you know, that's how that's how it works. You're always going to be, because it's just like, it just, it's worse because it's a combat sport. But if you imagine, you you walked in, if you wanted to be a pool champion, right, and you walked into a pool hall and you started playing, you would be very surprised for yourself if you started beating all the guys that had been doing it for several years. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> it's very, very yeah, technical. It's... Not, Not to, to like, like discredit something like sprinting or. Um, I think judo, like I say, was was something I found. I was saying I, I found yeah. it very, you know, I'm very thankful we started with judo. Um, I like the way that they conducted themselves as athletes. I like the way that they respected the mat. You know. Um, yeah. they respected each other it was always everybody always spoke to each other with respect as well I remember saying you'd get like, anxiety obviously going to yeah. training at the start and the tangent I think I was going to go off on was to say like not to discredit like sprinters yeah. but, but in sprinting it's kind of like either you have that speed or you don't sort of thing to a degree there's, there's yeah. a lot of technique there as well yeah because there's got to be that self-doubt and stuff as well like I know people yeah. going for the PVs they'll be like right I'm going to do it today Absolutely. and they're probably thinking about it all week you know but, I, but I'd imagine like generally speaking if you're, if you're good at sprinting then you're going to be able to compete with the field if you're slow you're never going to be even in that category whereas obviously with you know different disciplines in martial arts you can probably tailor your own kind of fighting style right you can kind of develop that I'd imagine I and you, you, you know, you would, you would kind of think to yourself, you know, am I going to come here and get, you know, get my ass kicked tonight, or what, you know, what's going to happen? Because there is always that, that fire that at the start, and you know, training programs are much more organised now. Um, but back when I started it, you know, it was quite a while back, it's 2009. So when I started it, everybody's kind of just trying to. Yeah. Trying to trying to do what they thought was right. There was no solid only the, a few big teams in the world really at that point and you know, everybody was just kinda of doing what they thought was right or what they seen on the telly. There wasn't any improving um, training programmes or anything. Would you like say that. there are some like you know, set in stone kind of structured training programmes far, nowadays far, far better than that work quite well I mean, to the level of instruction in terms of you know the information that's out there and stuff now is just incredible compared yeah. to when I started. It's it's unbelievable. How much of it is in misinformation though? Like if you were to go on like internet, if like the average person like me or Harry went on the internet, yeah. are we going to go down like a rabbit hole of just misinformation? And yeah, so I think the sources the, the best. You know, if you if you were to go to a good source, um, yeah. and there's so many amazing sources out there like that. I, I started using something called BGG Fanatics recently right, um, yeah. and I was quite late to the party with it because I'd always just been you know, just time on the mats, time on the mats and you can definitely, like, you can learn a lot for being in the mat. Some people go too far where they just watch technique all day and then don't spend enough time actually practicing it. Yeah. Yeah, but um, at the stage I'm at, I'm really enjoying learning from these online sources and stuff because you can, you can literally purchase something online and you can learn from some of the best coaches in every discipline in the yeah. world and, and these guys have you know put a lot of time and invested a lot of time into putting these videos out there and usually they're showing their signature techniques um, in depth videos where it can maybe last four, five, six, seven, eight hours of the smallest of details on these techniques um, so you're starting to see guys now um, winning from you know winning with a coach winning from a coach that they've never met you know because they've been practicing purely because they've been practicing yeah, that stuff. tutorials so, on a, at a high level as well 
if you, you were starting, starting to get into mixed martial arts at this point in time, where do you think you'd start? Would you go to a gym or would you go towards the internet? Absolutely a gym. Um, you know, to, at, at the start, you need to be going to a gym. Um, the information you would just miss so much. It would be like, it would be like purch, It would be like an old granny purchasing an, an iPhone, uh, you know, twelve or whatever. You know, it would be like them buying the highest. My man's up to date. You not seen Imagine somebody that just you know can only you know knows how to make a phone call and that's it. But they, they, they're buying the, the best you know the best of gear and um, that's got all these other capabilities. That's what it would be like. They would, they would be missing everything, you know. So. Um, that that's kind of what you'd be you'd be that's the best equivalent I could make really there. Um, if you were to not know anything about martial arts and you were to watch one of these videos, you would miss all the details, you would miss the finer points, and you wouldn't even understand most of the terminologies um, that they're using because there's some basic terminologies that they'll talk about um, the way they describe positions or grips and stuff like that. That until you've done a few years of jiu-jitsu or a few years you of martial arts, no knowledge yeah, whatsoever. Uh, you would just think, what is this guy talking about? Why is he why is he so obsessed with something like yeah. whether you grab somebody's the end of somebody's foot or there's minute details tiny have little huge amount of impact yeah. when you're actually and that that's the kind of when you separate the viewer from the person that actually practiced that day in day out yeah when you see these what how do you react when you see like fans when with when they watch tv and they're like oh this person's past it or they're terrible or when you know the ins and outs of the sports and the techniques. I, I find it horrible because it's like and unfortunately it's came with the sport becoming more popular, and also with you know the Conor McGregor, he brought he brought so many eyes to the sport. Um, so and overall, it's been positive because you know the, the more eyes to the sport, the better. Yeah, of course. But it also means that you know if you jump on Facebook during a fight night, that you hear all these people talking about guys, and it happened in boxing for years as well. When it happens, but they just have no respect if people are as athletes and competitors. What, what I always try and say to people is, I, I tried my absolute best at martial arts my whole life like committed my whole life to it um, you know just just to get to the level that I got to which is still not UFC level which is still not the best fighters in the world these guys that are fighting for that are absolutely incredible and there's no loser the guys fighting at that level they're, they're unbelievable uh, competitors but even for yourself like you said not to make it to UFC that's no discredit to you because like you said you've trained your hardest yeah. you've pushed your limits as best as you can go so from like a mental strength perspective and resilience yeah. like you know you, you've been at a place where you've committed yourself and at the end of the day you can't do more than that that's, so. that's exactly it and you've, you've just got to know you know as long as you have maximised your potential that's you can always be happy with yourself more, you know, absolutely. for f compared to yeah, where my goals were when I first started, like I didn't even know if I wanted to ever have a fight. You know, when I when I when I started, I was thinking to myself, you know, just getting fit and learning to defend myself was my goal, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that was great. If I could have got there, I would have been happy. And all the things that I've achieved, I felt like I was free lo free rolling with it because it was just all oh, well. I never expected to be able to do this. Well, I never expected to be able to do this. And do you ever feel like you want to go from like one high to the next? To oh, say yeah. like. When you've like won a fight, you then like think, oh, I want to challenge this person, or I know I'm good enough to fight this yeah. person. I mean, that's that's all it is. Like for me, yeah. just testing yourself to see stepping stones. What, what am I capable of, you know? And that's all you're ever asking yourself. It's never out of like, oh yeah, I want to beat him or or jealousy. It's the only emotion that ever drives me is, you know, what what am I capable of? 
what what more have I got to offer? What more can I do? Uh-huh. And yeah. what, you know, I just want to be the best that I can be. Um, and I suppose you know, like especially with with most sports, your career it's it's not a lot. It's not long, is it? Yeah, so yeah. within that time, you want to just keep pushing yourself and just that. That's how I feel totally. Especially like more recently, you know, I've, I'm, I realise that especially in this sport, your body gets banged up quite a lot, and yeah. um, it's like you've just you just want to make them. For me, I want to make the most of these last few years that I've got of competing with a healthy body uh, or healthy-ish body. You know, it's it's just you're, you're trying to do everything that you can, um, and I kind of spoke to you guys about this earlier, but. Ultimately, once you've done that, when you've loved the experience so much that it would be wrong not to pass it on, I think. To pass that on, yeah, absolutely. Kind of talking about, obviously, you're saying, like, with your body getting banged up and, like, you're saying as you get older, it gets harder to, like, recover. What's it like, kind of, in terms of recovery after, like, an intense fight? How do you bounce back when you've just been basically put through yeah I mean everyone's different and I was quite fortunate throughout my career you know that I never really took a lot of damage uh, throughout my career I had a few times where you know I'd I'd had injuries or whatever but nothing ever too severe nothing major Um, where it's kept you out yeah I I took a fight recently and in that fight you know I got I got a had some serious pain in my leg I got got kicked uh, calf kicks a lot of the times and the guy was really powerful so after it, you know, I could I could definitely feel them, but you know, during the fight, I've I've always mm. said everybody you don't, you don't really feel you don't, adrenaline you don't really feel anything, and, and yeah. like your your mind because it always looks nasty, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, and I'm sure it is very nasty. It is definitely, yeah. but, but at the same time, like. You, you're just so focused on what you're doing that you just ignore the pain. Exactly. We had a boxer, oh, we have a boxer, pardon me, that uh, goes into schools for us, and he was performing or competing, pardon me, in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and he had his ear ripped mm-hmm. off from down to around here, and it was hanging, it was bleeding all down his face, and he had absolutely no idea until the end of the fight when he, yeah. when he touched it. And he realised, like, oh, he looked up at the screen, and there he was, this yeah, hanging off. Holy, yeah. He had no idea whatsoever. I mean, you, you can't really do this, this kind of sport without having a strange tolerance to pain. And yeah. it, it develops over time, you know. You, I was going to say, do you, like, naturally have that pain tolerance, or does it take for you to get kicked and hit quite a fair few times? Uh, um, it develops, definitely it develops, because, like, the sport of Muay Thai is often about that, like, your body, conditioning your body to be able to take damage and give it out. Um, that's that's a lot of what is involved in Muay Thai. Um, you know, a lot of their training methods are to do that, to condition their bodies, to so condition their shins. Yeah. To be able to, like, develop that threshold of pain tolerance, yeah, exactly. essentially. And, and a lot of their scoring criteria and stuff as well is based on, you know, body displacement and how they react to strikes. So, you know, you could hit me with an equal strike and if, if I move and it looks like, well, that looks like it's really kind of affected that person, that's going to score really highly. But if I can stand and, you know, um, keep, a, keep a straight face... And, you know, just nothing, show sure sure nothing, then yeah. it's going to score less. It's about not showing too much emotion either. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, as soon as you give away that you've been hit in a week, that spot, as well, yeah. That, that is massive. when they're going to capitalise and use that to their advantage. Uh, you can't issue in, it's like poker when you finish it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, it and it will happen you, because yeah. I've made that mistake once in a fight. You know, I, I actually made that mistake and once. And the person recognises it, they'll see it in your eyes very quickly. And it's uh, How do you react <laughs> to that, though? In that moment when you know you've messed up and you've given in a way like an important uh, part of body language it's just like what can you do to I, I just blame myself like it's you know yeah. I'm quite hard on myself with these things but I've done that it's good uh, you learn from those experiences yeah. though if you hadn't have shown that like little bit of pain yeah 
you, 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 may, you, may you may have gone into another fight, fight and it could end far worse than exactly. that. So yeah, and it's, it's good to learn. Absolutely. It's, it is. You've just, you've just got to, you know, right, okay, you know you've done wrong there. Let's yeah. never yeah. do that again. <laughs> yeah. But, but my next question for you, yeah. uh, so it ties in with literally okay. what we were just talking about. What would you say is kind of the worst pain? Or what's the one, what would you say is your weakness in terms of your pain threshold? Is there one kind of kick or one strike? grapple that like you just feel every time like is there a part of your body that just hurts more no no not really to be honest. i mean I'm, are you the terminator i just don't <laughs> i just get so used to pain to be honest that's that's yeah. that's uh i mean you, you really do you get used to being in pain and it's um i don't take uh, ibuprofen or anything like that because yeah. like I feel like when you're in pain your body's trying to tell you something and it's better to recognise it and feel it, it and, as opposed to just yeah. suppressing that in yeah. system and you, you learn about you know natural ways to be able to kind of ease that pain as well you know you can you can look at like yoga for example or something I've only just recently got into but it's absolutely yeah. phenomenal um, I started myself dabbled with it like a few bits I love it yeah it's brilliant it's one of those things that you kind of scorn or not mock but you're just like oh, it's not going to help me and then you try it and it just it's relaxes you, it kind of eases tension and everything, it's fantastic. What it, what it does for your body is amazing, but you've got, you, again, you've got to drop the ego and the guys Breathing spoke to me about that before, well. because you know, yeah. it's easy to go in and be like, yeah, I'm a big strong guy or whatever and yeah. think you're going to be good at yoga, but... Like you, you have to put your ego, leave your ego at the door, just like martial arts. You have to leave your ego at the door because when you go to a yoga class and you've got like an old lady on your left and, a, and an old guy on your right and they're doing the techniques way better than you, you know, you, it's hard to still have an ego at that point because you know. Yeah, I found it funny, kind of like growing up because uh, obviously being Welsh, like Ryan Giggs was always one of like my idols. Yeah, yeah, he's class. And like. Um, I just found it fascinating that throughout his career, he always used to like mention that he would do yoga. And like growing up, everyone would just tease him and say, oh, yoga, come on. Yeah, his career was really like, you know, he was still going close to like 40, wasn't he? So still had a similar amount of pace, athleticism. So there must be something to it that kind of... I mean, I believe we're meant to do it. Like I believe as, as humans, we should be doing it. Um, it's more stretching, more kind of breathing techniques. Have you heard of a guy called Wim Hof? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Iceman. Ice you heard of this guy? No, no. YouTube him. It's, he's. Oh, it's like you'll be mesmerised by what he does. There's a lot of the cold water immersion and stuff. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. So you like immerse himself in cold water yeah. for like ten minutes at a time in like ice buckets. Everything. Yeah. He wakes up at like six a.m. Jump straight into like a lake, <laughs> like freezing cold lake. But mentally and spiritually, it's meant to be really good for your kind of psyche. They're all ancient methods. You know, they're they're all yeah. things. I've interested you take cold showers ever. Uh, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. That that's yeah. the one thing I can't force myself to do. I hate yeah. the cold. That so there's my weakness. Yeah. There's my weakness. I found it. He's not oh, a Terminator. I hate. I hate it. I hate the cold. Honestly. Turning this into an interrogation. <laughs> you thought this was an interview. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I, I just can't. I cannot deal with. It. Like I've done the ice baths like once or twice, and I've done yeah. the the cold water immersion. I just do not enjoy it. Like I, you could put me in any kind of heat. I'm fine, yeah. you know. I'm the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I go outdoors like in the winter and I'm just wearing a t-shirt. And I get all like the old people like, What's going on? Now? Jumpy, young man. I'm like, I'm pointless. I think because um, like my extremities, like my hands and my feet get extremely cold. Yeah. And then like my core temperature is just always warm. Aye. Like, 
which is kind of good. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Don't have to invest in jumpers. (laughs) (laughs) Save a lot of money. Um, So we touched on that. I've I've still got a bunch of questions, but it's been good. It's been like really free reign, which I like. I'll finish off that question about the martial arts because I felt like I kind of just went round in circles with So yeah, like, you know, judo done a good bit of uh, boxing as well. I would say that, um, but yeah, the, the martial art I've been most successful is probably Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's the one that I've decided to, you know, our submission grappling, I would I would call it, which is, you've got three grappling arts which are, are, are mainly useful, which would be your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo and wrestling, you know, uh, sort of collegiate style and, and the different forms of wrestling. Uh, if you merge all three, that would be what would be classed as submission grappling. Um, right. and that, so you combine those yeah. like three grapple disciplines to because a lot of you know judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu they traditionally would uh, sambo as well is a good grappling art but I've never really trained in that much um, but yeah those those are your sort of main grappling arts most of them require like the kimono you know so the, traditionally they would all you know have you wearing the kimono um, or the gi it's called I've um, you know, I compete in that just really to, to earn my belts and to, to showcase, you know, that I also know that martial art. But my favourite out of them all is competing, you know, shorts and t-shirt on, um, just grappling in a combination of all with, with as minimal rules as possible. Um, that That's probably what I've been most successful in as an individual martial art because, you know, over the last sort of... Uh, Four years. That's what I've I've decided to put my sort of channel my energy into, and I've been competing in more. So, um, do you prefer like obviously, obviously yeah, correct yeah. me because my knowledge yeah, yeah. MA isn't the the best. But do you prefer to like stay standing, or do you prefer to like grapple and then take somebody down to the ground? Yeah, the, the ground is is the ground. ground you're more comfortable. Yeah. With. I I feel like um, you know on on the on the ground once you're there. Um, I'm going to have a significant advantage over most people. Right. So, so I was going to say, do you, do you generally have to be good at both? Kind of like yeah, standing like up I, and I actually sometimes enjoy the standing up part yeah. more. Um, I don't know if it's maybe, I don't know, probably it's more competitive and I just, I like the feeling of it. Um, but I, I, I would be, you know, the major, I've, I've had 21 MMA fights in total um, between amateur and professional and uh, 13 of them I've finished, 10 of those were by submission, you know, the other three, so I'm a numbers guy, and if you look at numbers, the numbers would say that, yeah, exactly, I'm I'm better at grappling than what I am at any other martial arts. Well, you do have a North American Grappling Association champion belt, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) See, that's why I wear the glasses. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I I picked up, like, two belts in in, in MMA and the the amateur leagues, and then... um, when I went into grappling, you know, I've, I've just picked up sort of belt after belt really every time I'm competing. I've, it, despite despite it not being my my primary focus, um, you know, I've been pretty successful at, at grappling um, without trying that hard, to be honest. Um, do you do like specific gym training to like develop that strength? Do you do like, uh, I've got a friend that does bouldering, like climbing, yeah, yeah. and he's got very strong forearms, and like, I wonder whether that helps with like grappling or sitting in the gym. Uh, I, actually, I'll, I'll give you a shout out at Scramble, because uh, Scramble yeah. just uh, brought a cool grip trainer, it's like a, a fat grip, so it's called, so right, um, yeah. you can't link your hand you know, mentioned this to my friend yeah, they're, yeah. they're pretty cool once you once you can connect your hand you, you know the grip's stronger yeah. but yeah. if you're like that then that's solely grip you know if you're holding on to something that is it one of the ones that you like 
um, clinch clothes. Well, no, you can't even get to clothes because it's, so it's like a, two, two oh. sort of wooden blocks almost yeah, yeah. and they just hold round, but you can't connect your hands. So to, if you can imagine trying to hang from that or do pull-ups yeah, for that, it's going to strengthen your grip. It's going to like develop those yeah, muscles. It yeah. specifically works well for, for no gi, gi training because in the gi, you know, you're, you're gripping like you'd be gripping cloth, you know, yeah. and you can get some different uh, trainers for that as well to improve your grip. But... Um, like thick bars would be one for that, you know, yeah. pull-ups as well if you're holding on, but these are specifically for, you know, grabbing wrists and stuff. Because I have always notoriously had, like, very weak wrists. Yep. So, like, whenever I do, like, certain things in the gym or I do, like, go climbing with my friends and stuff, kind of I've got the natural, like, strength yep. to, like, hold myself to do pull-ups and all those yep. sorts, but I always find that my weak, uh, my wrists start to, like, fail me first. Mm-hmm. And I actually so, found that a lot at first, like, um, yeah, in my first few years I had a lot of trouble with my wrists and then uh, one day they just like stopped. Yeah, but one day they just, they were fine after that. Because you'd strengthened it. For a while, yeah, I, so much practice. It was, a lot of, it was a lot of pain, like, I remember the first few years, like, this is, these are never going to get strong, and even with <laughs> yeah. punching and stuff, I'd always think to myself, this is, this is tough in terms of like striking and stuff kind of how did, did you like have to do some like boxing to develop that yeah or? yeah so I mean I trained uh, you know boxing I used to go and spar with amateur and professional boxers I had a lot of training yeah yeah like in terms I, of di- you must like have a like a catalogue of different things you've learned over the years yeah I was really fortunate like um, I had a guy that, that was uh, a boxing coach who spent a lot of time with me invested a lot of time with me and he was really um he was one of the, he was doing MMA at the time, so he was a guy with a, back, a boxing background who had also coached boxing. Um, a guy called Jim Miller, really great guy, still a good friend to this day. Um, and when I first joined the MMA gym, I'll be honest, I probably would have quit. You know, all, I would have I wouldn't have even continued in martial arts if I hadn't met him quite early on. So when I first joined the the MMA gym that I started at, um, which was also a judo club, he was training for his first fight and. Um, you know, it was just a. Uh, that's a great thing about these types of gyms. You'll always get somebody that kind of will try and take you under their wing and help you and everybody. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. So one of the questions I had here anyway was, what's like the greatest message you've ever had from a coach? Mm. What's something that somebody is like, if you can remember any, yeah. of course, that somebody has said that has like really resonated with you? I, I think it's just believing in yourself. Like that's the biggest thing. Is like everything comes from believing in yourself. Because, yeah. Like um, that's that's why I brought this kind of. This uh, this one along here, yeah. it's yeah. a trophy I won, and, and it all it's just a constant reminder of what you can achieve. It was uh, yeah, that was the first the first ever trophy I won, um, which was the first it was for a championship, and you know I was not favourite going into it to win it, and um, I doubted myself before it. Uh, I was I was a few fights in uh, my martial arts career at that point, and my coach kind of phoned me and asked me if I if I wanted to take that one on. Um, and I can remember saying, right, I'll have a th- I was at my work at the time, I thought, right, I'll have a think about it and phone you back. Um, and as soon as I hung up the phone, I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you why are you doubting yourself there? Like, he's called you with an opportunity, he believes. Because I asked him, I said, well, what do you think? And he said, um, he said, look, it's going to be really, really tough. Uh, the guys that are going to be in it are going to be uh, more experienced than you. You'll need to be, you know, in the best shape you can. He says, but it's five months away, and if you train really hard, you should be able to win it. And I was like, right, okay, let me have a think about it. And I got really annoyed myself for saying, right, I'm going to have a think about it. Yeah. And that was the last time I can ever remember doubting myself, you know, everything since then, because I, I just got so annoyed at myself, like, well, what are you doing all this training for? Do you prefer a, cr- a coach to be, like, honest with you, or would you rather them yeah, kind of... honesty is so important. Yeah. And, and I'm the same with my students, you know, you've got to be so honest. And it's, 
you've, you must be honest with people when it comes to fighting because it's their health it's, like it's their health at risk guys yeah, yeah. Yeah. you cannot you cannot you're putting people's lives if, on the and, line and that goes both ways it can be being honest with somebody if you feel that because sometimes all it takes for somebody to achieve something is hearing that they can achieve it you know so if you speak to somebody and you say you look you're you're, you're capable of doing this you know you just even though it's going to be it's going to be tough it's going to be adversity but you can yeah you need to give it everything but you know you're you're capable of doing this and the opposite is true as well that you know um if somebody's not training hard enough or that you, you know they're i always say to people that their um their training needs to match their, their goals you know the way that they train needs to match what their ambitions are um if they're not training appropriately to their ambitions and they're never going to achieve them you know and and that's uh, that's one of the biggest things is being honest with somebody if you see that right you're kind of ticking you're ticking over you at the start, you should be getting better like that, you know, because it's just yeah, it's all skill acquisition. But if you're if you if you're getting and you see it even with guys in UFC as well, like you see some guys come in and when they've got the hype about them, they're just like, whoa, that guy's a different fighter from his last fighter, right? And you could see it with Conor McGregor, all the great guys, John Jones was the same. All the guys that are absolutely amazing. Was it? Am I correct? Is it Adesanya? Adesanya was the same. You know, see someone like yeah. him and he's just sometimes in a different universe. You're like, yeah. what is going on? That guy's just. Even, yeah, because yeah. I mean, some of these guys are like 10, 15 years into their career, yet they're still making these exponential not leaps. Only did, not that they plateau, mm. but like, like you say, skill acquisition yeah. is quite fast to begin with, but then you hit like a peak yeah. and you kind of you grow not quite as exponentially. Mm-hmm. But also, I suppose you've got the other athletes who are adapting to the way these people fight yeah. and kind of like develop their own strategies to combat that yeah. themselves. So the, the, the playing field's yeah. such a, t- it's a tough level, but you still sometimes see guys that can just rise above everybody and look like totally out of this world and you think to yourself right that's that's really that's what you want to be trying to aim for you know you want to be looking like a different fighter because also I'm sure you've had those moments in your own yeah, career you where like, you thought holy I'm just taking off I, like, I, don't, I've, I or I've got, I've got really really good in this last period of time or you know and you see it with other people a lot of the time as well where you're like wow they've in the last since the last time they've competed they look like a completely different fighter do you ever like draw comparisons with other people did you ever get to a stage where you're like I was grown so quickly and now this person has suddenly grown really quickly and I'm not I'm not I've not changed since the last time I trained or yeah I mean I, I was really fortunate you see you see it now more like as a, an older guy I'm getting you know I'm, I'm 34 uh, tomorrow so you know I'm starting to see some there's kids in the gym now it's a happy belated birthday yeah. The yeah. <laughs> Preemptive Preemptive <laughs> birthday. Um, but I yeah, like I see it now with guys that maybe have been in the gym since they were 15, 16 and you're starting to see sometimes now 18, 19 year old guys who can be up fully grown trained men. Um, you know, some of these guys are unbelievable. So when you see that guys in their very early twenties that are world class fighters and they're, they're, they're hanging or doing well with guys that have been, you know, top level. Do you think that's a lot to do with there being more information about the sport and, like, more people are seeing the sport, so there's a bigger, wider pool of talent yeah. being drawn towards it? Yeah. Because you know it's, like, bigger nations, like, generally it should be the case. Yeah. Like, England should be doing much better than Wales. it should be in theory though because the population right and do you see that more with like MMA since it's grown yeah uh, in that there's a bigger pool of people definitely um, you know in general you can always say certain things about people from certain countries usually there's there's going to be comparisons there's obviously people that are outliers and um, are are different but in general Americans tend who's like your Scottish idol oh we've got like um, sports persons that are Scottish I mean, I'm really, really lucky. Like, see, 
a lot of my teammates, my previous teammates, were huge inspirations for me. I, you know, I trained with two guys that, that got to the UFC. Um, was, you know, so it was the training. Yeah, exactly. So you, you know, you had that first-hand experience yeah, yeah. of getting that training as well. Be- to a degree. Because people, people have this conception or uh, misconception where they think that. Um, you know that people are just born fighters, or but and, and definitely yeah, there, uh-huh, there's there can be an element of that, but almost always it comes down to hard work. You know how much hard work are you going to put in? How much time have you put in? How many hours have you put in? And I got to see that really early on with with you know watching Robert the way that he trained in comparison to the other guys in the gym. Um, you know he just trained with a different sort of ferocity, and you could tell that he had intentions and in what his goals were. So you know when you could see that, it was like right, okay, this is what a guy that you know wants to be good at this sport is doing um, and then you know even further on in my career I, I moved to a, an amazing gym called higher level MMA and um, I was able to uh, while I was actually at that gym you know two of my teammates achieved you know the UFC and um, a guy called Stevie Ray who's probably the best fighter I've ever you know been been around yeah. or, or trained with just you do a lot of like I know in boxing they call it sparring. I yeah, think it's yeah. Similar terminology in MMA. Yeah, like we we all you know used so to. So fight with them. Yeah, yeah. We used to all train together, and you learn a lot through that. I'm ah, sure it's right. amazing. Yeah. Like the the learning experience for training with these you know different high level guys is is absolutely amazing. You learn so much, and that you know they're being nice to you most of the time as well. You know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're being nice to you because you're, you're teammates. So. Um, and yeah, my other, one of my other teammates, Danny Henry, managed to make it to the UFC. You know, fought and um, some, some had some amazing performances in the UFC as well. Um, so you know, seeing all these things happen, and um, it's just yeah, really, really, really satisfying to see people achieve their dreams. Um, yeah. Because it was so difficult when when I first started. It was it was like less than a handful of fighters in the UFC when I started, and now. The, the you know the promotion has expanded so it was almost like an an unachievable dream when I started I didn't think it was something that would ever even be possible so at that time did you have like what kind of goals and aspirations did you have obviously not knowing yeah. if this was ever going to become this huge sport that it now is aye for me for me honestly like I, I was just totally free rolling um I, I, I already felt blessed just to be part of the sport so you know I didn't ever in terms of like the you know the mental health traits that, and you know things to do with like your psyche that you build yeah. from that was it just more about like the discipline and stuff for you in general or? I just I loved everything about it but the first day I done it like uh, I, the first day I stepped on the mat I remember phoning my dad after it I was being sick in the <laughs> out in the grass like lying in the sun and I can remember speaking to him just saying like that was so hard but it was amazing like just absolutely brilliant everything I had all these crazy perceptions of who I was as a person and stuff like that, and they all just got shattered on the first day. And uh, like, what did your dad think of it? Um, I think he was just glad that I was trying to do something positive, you know. And in martial arts, generally, people can see it's a, a positive thing. Um, so yeah, he, he was he was pretty he was always quite encouraging with it as well. Um, but yeah, for the for the first day, I I done it. Just everything about it, you know, it, it's uh, it helped me so much in my life. Where learning, you know. As I said before, I wasn't really much an athlete at school, but I had to learn about becoming an athlete because of martial arts. Such a big takeaway, I think, for a lot of like youngsters to hear that like you might not necessarily have been someone that was particularly athletic, but just because you, in your own mind, you don't think you are, doesn't mean you can't achieve things within the realm of yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it is learning. You know, a lot of it is right. Okay, well, you know, I'm I'm a twenty, you know, twenty one, twenty two year old man now. I'm probably not going to grow. 
you know, anymore unless I do something about my body or, or actually make an effort to do that. So at first I just kind of spent my time learning, you know, learning about skill. And then you had to learn about nutrition, you had to learn about strength and conditioning, you had to learn about cardio, you had to learn about everything. And I was, I was. What kind of things do you have in your fridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a big. <laughs> such a random so, question. Yeah, but well, I, I'm really fortunate. Of a wee shout out. I'm sponsored by a company called the Chef's Meal Prep Company. They're uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. pretty good. So they they, they, they give us. Uh, I'm not so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, but uh, they've been brilliant. So that's that was fairly recently. I started working with them. Um, but you know, prior to that, I would always make own meals and stuff like that. And uh, would you eat? Because I. I from what, like a lot of the athletes I've spoken to, they generally have like a consistent kind of set, not set meal, precisely the same. You know, they'll have the same kind of meal at a certain time, and you know, like porridge in the morning. Every day, I, that's that's what about I. So I have, I have porridge with blueberries and honey every morning. You know, that's that's I'll start the day with that and a cup of tea. Okay, I'm a little bit unhealthy. I have like dark chocolate. Ah, nice. Put some raisins in, a little bit of cinnamon. It's good. Good. I used to kind of, I used to be. Scottish oats as well. Aye, aye. <laughs> I, I would say I used to be quite bland with what I would put. Like I was just playing it safe. I'd beaten like tuna out of tin, five cherry tomatoes, twenty brown bits of pasta. Tuna I, I, I really, I, I didn't, I didn't really have much of a clue with nutrition. I was just trying to keep it super strict. And you know, I, I managed to get myself to like, I could get myself to ten point four stone for a same day weigh-in, which is what's like your maintenance weigh-in. Um, and I, you know, back, it has changed over the years, not not massively, but. I walk about roughly about 75 kilos if I'm fit. Um, yeah, so I think I'm around, that's like, is that around 11 to 11 and a half steps? Yeah, probably yeah. close yeah, to 11 and a half, I'd say I roughly. Um, so I, I walk about that when I'm fit. Um, I compete, you know, in grappling, I can compete anything up to 80 kilos, you know, just, I, I don't worry too, that's another thing as well with grappling, I don't really worry too much about weight, it's, I'm, I'm at a decent enough level where I can, you know, it doesn't matter the size of the person really. Um, with you know MMA, you need to be really to the point, to the decimal point on you know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say in terms of kind of like, you know, grappling or you know different forms. Like, does height play a factor into any of those? Yeah. Will someone who's taller be better at one discipline compared to another? No, not not better, but every body type has its own sort of pros and cons. So interesting. Yeah. So if you're like an endomorph, then you might be better at this. And yeah, and I can look at somebody's body and you know usually have an idea of what I would be trying to do to them. Oh, Steve, so you're going to say what you said. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, like, I won't ask you. But yeah, like also, you know, you would teach something slightly different if somebody had different types of limbs, and um, yeah. you know, you can do. There's ways to do the technique, different ways to do the technique. If you're a heavier person, if you're a lighter person, if you've got longer arms, if you've got shorter arms. I read a thing called the triangle. Yeah, yeah. What is the triangle? Uh, so is that something you can show? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Would you, would you be able to like do a choke? Aye, yeah, if, if you want, I could get, I could coach you both to do it to each other if you want. Could you? Could you? Aye, yeah. yeah, let's get. Could I do it to Aye, aye. aye, aye let's do it. How annoying! Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can get him on back if you want. Like, I'm not gonna get it. Is that phone showing this? Because I wouldn't hurt him. But that, but that was that was wicked. wicked. So cool. So, 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 so not what I was expecting aye, at all. Yeah, and like with that with that particular move, there's there's loads of wee details that make that a lot tighter. Oh, sorry, yeah, that needs to be rearranged. This fight, your camera's cooler. Yeah, there's loads of small details that make that a little bit tighter. If you get the angle, it
there's also different attacks that if the guy manages to defend that then this other attack opens up and how tight would you go with that kind of like you don't stop yeah like your aim is to put the person to sleep as 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 the it is when you get you know the physical chance to do something like that you can see how much impact that could cause like if i went the whole way and squeezed and tightened i'd be dead and i can imagine like even in just the state you were in it's uncomfortable right it's very uncomfortable yeah the aim with that is that you know you should be have the ability to put the person to sleep. So you want to get good enough at that technique that you could put them to sleep. That would be that would be your aim with that move. And after doing that, say you know ten thousand times, you would maybe be a master of that move. Because not only would you learn the mechanics of the finish of that move, you can also land that move for different positions. You can you can land that from the top. You can land that from. Um, different positions, side control from the bottom, you can fly into it from standing. Um, you know, I've got a, a match somewhere where um, I grab it, I'm overhooking the guy, and it's in, a, it's in a cage, and I just jump up and put that move on. You know, you can catch that uh, in all different positions, and ultimately, you're trying to. You've got to have the ability yeah, to put the person to sleep, person. Yeah, and, yeah, but the, the plan is that they tap out before they go to sleep, you know? Because you don't want to actually. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of my questions, is like, uh, where did I find it? Oh yeah, how do you feel about like the injuries you've inflicted upon your opponent after a victory? Uh, it's never, it's never the, you know, the aim to inflict injuries on yeah. somebody. And, um, that's what that's what I that's like what about like jiu-jitsu is that is that it's controlled. If, every, if everybody plays the game right, nobody gets hurt. You know, yeah. if, if the person is, understands jiu-jitsu well enough that they tap out before, like say I catch a guy in an armbar, okay, I'm pretty good at armbar. The guy's going to try and get out the armbar, but once he realises he's not getting out of it and his arm's about to break, hopefully he taps out before his arm breaks. If he doesn't tap out, then his arm breaks. His arm's going to break. Yeah, it's as clean as that. Is that where a lot of the freak accidents happen is in that split second where the person maybe hasn't tapped because they think they can keep going? Is that where, like, ego and pride takes over and the person... why it's so important to get rid of the ego because some people haven't do that in the gym, you know, where their ego kicks in in the gym. They'll break their arm in the gym yeah, yeah. Maybe well, yeah most people aren't going to break, break somebody's arm yeah. in the gym but at the same time <laughs> it, 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 there shouldn't nobody should ever put you in that position as well because um, especially with things like leg locks the margin's really really small you know so somebody can be thinking they're getting tapped out um, or they're thinking that they're maybe close to getting out there even and you know they're actually it only takes one sudden movement and the whole knee rips apart don't go do, do, do you Put trust in in, in in your opponents in that sense. Or? Nah, there's th- unfortunately there's, there isn't. You've got to assume that they're not going to tap. Really, um, yeah. You've got to assume the worst, and your job is only to keep applying pressure or doing what you've got to do until that person is either unconscious or the referee pulls you off them, or you know that person taps out. And it is it's a brutal, brutal sport, and to to ever hide for the reality that would be you'd be setting yourself up for a fall. Yeah, yeah. It's a it is it is brutal, but anyone can get into it. Yeah, which is interesting because there's. I see, I see so many, so many female fighters now that like Amanda Nunes. Yeah, like plain and simple. Amazing. You could beat up most of the guys in UFC anyway. Like, very good. Yeah, and that that is the thing, and, and everybody gets treated equally as well. You know, so it's uh, it's one of those situations where 
it's very, very it's tough, very you know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes the women can be quite bad for, you know, not tapping because they almost fight, they've not, they weren't showcased in the UFC until a few years ago, it was Ronda Rousey that kicked in the door for that, she got, you know, women competing in the UFC, and since then it's, you know, they've, they've added more weight divisions and it's, you know, they've shown that they're, 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 they're making it mainstream and it's obviously on the main channel nowadays, nowadays. Yeah. yeah, just as good as the men, if not better, and so that's, that's the thing, it's, uh, <laughs> And it's, it's amazing it's to watch that because some of these women are absolutely beautiful women and yeah. you're thinking that you would, you would just see their demeanour outside of it. You see them on interviews and things like that. There's a girl, uh, Rose, I think it's Nama Yunus, when you speak to her uh, or you see her speaking and you're like, wow, she just seems like this gentle, and she is, she's just a gentle, kind person, but she fights unbelievably, she's just really skilled at martial arts and that's where people... That's where people that's start to see the difference see because, you know, it's, it's easy when guys, it just looks like, you know, guys just scrapping when you've got people shouting at each other and being all aggressive at the weigh-ins, there's no discipline, they're not, they, can't, you know, they can't shake each other's hands. But that's mostly to do with sales, what sales isn't it? That's like, unfortunately, like, it'd be nice if everyone could just go quiet and just go into a fight. But mm. I feel like a lot of the time that's what people want to see when they watch the TV. Because especially people that don't understand these sports, that they're actually about respect. Like hugely about respect. But they see these people just like disrespecting each other. And then they wonder at the end of the fight, they're like, why are they hugging? Because they don't realise it's a journey that they've had to train for months to get into that. the most intimate things you can ever do with somebody. Like you, you almost know yeah. exactly who somebody is after a fight. It's like a dance really, isn't it? Like right then, that was very like, in a way, Choreographed, yeah, yeah, exactly. kind of like obviously for yourself, it's just a natural, right? It's like riding a bike, isn't it? But, but like for myself, then it was kind of like put your leg there, do that, move your arm round, and it's very choreographed. Yeah, like you should be able to look and see every detail, you know, to a person. Yeah, you could break it down and like fully analyze like what you're doing right. And yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and it's that's that's, that's the intricacy of the sport. It's really satisfying as well because you can maybe just give somebody one detail and that changes the way they see that whole move and they'll. they'll start to have success yeah. with that move now, right, now I see why I, you know, now I know why I wasn't getting it now I can get it Mm. How often would you train to like develop these skills like how many hours how, how many times like, a week I mean I always had a job but I trained you know three hours most nights every night for you know, over yeah. ten years um, yeah three hours yeah, most nights you're, you're training different yeah. martial arts and when I was training different martial arts I, there wasn't a one stop shop um, especially in my first five six years there wasn't a one stop shop so I had to travel to train different martial arts in different places so sometimes I'd drive for an hour then I would do two or three hours training and then drive home for an hour um, you know, and I'd, I'd done that almost every night for, for the best part of uh, 10 years yeah. sports, like honestly that's kind of like the ethos of sports for champions one of like the main goals and aspirations we have is to kind of showcase to kind of like schools parents yeah. The you know athletes who do it because they're so passionate about their sport have to sacrifice so much in terms of traveling in terms of their training their nutrition kind of you give up a lot of time that like your average person might be watching tv or spending it with like family and you have to you have to be able to like separate yourself from and it can only be love that would ever drive you then because there was no money in this yeah exactly you were you were just investing in yourself you know you were literally just okay i want these skills i want this knowledge but 
I was just I so was grateful so because grateful the people that I was learning, I was from, learning from, you know, they had to go they through even worse to, to, to learn to what learn was in their head, you know, so, you know, the guys, one of the guys I learned Muay Thai from early on, guy John Craig, he used to travel to Manchester to the Master Skin Academy, and he would come to go down for weekends, and that's that's how he would learn, you know, because there wasn't any Muay Thai in Scotland, there was nobody that could teach it. So you'd kind of like filter between different coaches, different venues? Yeah, you'd be fortunate enough to learn from all these different people who are dedicated their lives to martial arts. Did you ever feel kind of like when you like wanted to train new discipline, that you were like a novice and a beginner again, again going back to like ego? Always. Did you ever feel like embarrassed when you're like, I'm really good at this thing, but then I go to this new place and I'm like, oh, I have no experience of this facet of the sport? That's what I I think I'm really, really lucky I started all martial arts at the same time, so I've always been able to put myself as a beginner and be impartial as well. Like, so when I look at a martial art, I don't ever look at it through biased eyes. Um, that's one of the biggest roadblocks for most martial artists that I've ever met is that they they believe that the martial art that they started with is always number one and they, they you know because there's always a little culture with every martial art where they're like yeah those guys are like you know that those guys aren't good at this or those guys aren't good at that and they'll all to make themselves feel superior in their martial art when really you just need to look at there are definitely martial arts that are more effective than others but it's funny that you get that in all looks I play a lot of video games I know it's not essentially but you've got easy Sports. Yeah. And like in esports, there's always what they call a meta, and the meta is basically like, say you're in a, a shooter game, there's always a weapon, or there's always like an angle that people hold that is like the meta, or there's always like select characters you choose, and that's the meta team that you go with. And I'd imagine you're always going to get people that have a meta within MMA and think this is better than that. Yeah, you do tend to find that. You know, it's just until someone comes along and changes that meta. it's just and it's just usually through lack of experience just like anything else through maybe lack of understanding of that martial art but um, you do see it all the time and I kind of mentioned earlier on that I thought judo was one of those that was was almost dismissed and looked over but um, I I see them all impartially and you know I see the good bits of them I see the bad bits of them even parts of the culture you know you see because they've all got different cultures that's the crazy thing because MMA has its own culture but um, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has its own culture, Judo has its own culture, wrestling has its own culture. In terms of culture, how would you define yeah, so like, for, for example, obviously you have to break down everyone, yeah, but just generally... The, the, so the common, um, I would say like the common traits of the people, that the practitioners, so you know, they, they, they all tend to have quite similar viewpoints, uh, style of communication, everything, you know, the people that are attracted to them. Um, yeah. The way it's coached, I suppose. The way it's coached is massive for us, absolutely. The way it's coached is actually, that's one of the things that I must say with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's just, um, the coaching in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is really, really high level. You know, it's, it's very, they, they, they break it down to the very... So it's literally almost become textbook at this point where, not where they're reading textbooks to learn textbooks to teach, but they're actually, they've internalised so much knowledge that they can break down every single analytic. It's literally the most minuscule details in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and that's, you know, coaches from all over the world that are just phenomenal. Um, 
you're, with Brazilians, you're, I think you're dealing with some of the most logical thinkers you'll ever come across in, you know, in your life. Obviously, with the striking apps, like there's some incredible striking coaches as well. Um, to be an MMA fighter, do you have to be intelligent? Then, do you think they go hand in hand? Do you think there's any correlation between the two? Yes, it's, it's like there's, there's absolutely no way. It depends how you define intelligence as well, because there's different types of intelligence. Obviously, there's people that are book smart, and there's, there's you know social skills. There's 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 a lot of different types of intelligence that you get. And I suppose that's where people like sports psychologists come into the game, where maybe they're the book smart people. Maybe somebody isn't book smart themselves, but they would like to incorporate that into their game. So I think it segues into a really good way to close this. I feel so. I had a question I prepared in advance, but I think it ties in pretty well with that. The question is, what makes someone a hero because like we have a preconception of what a superhero is that they have to be this almighty powerful person but in your eyes what what makes somebody a hero to you personally i, I think it's uh, it's making a, a massive change you know in somebody's life being able to change somebody's life for the better and um, that's that's what a, a hero is it could be in a moment it could be in something that happens over time um, it could be just one thing that somebody says that you know that, that, that resonates with somebody um, or saying it in a certain way but yeah being able to positively change somebody's life and, and sometimes even steer it you know in a, a different direction it could be that you know, somebody's life steering in that direction you're able to just steer it in that direction and if you can do that for one person that person could then maybe go and do it for other people and it pays it forward you know and I always talk about that with my students and everybody else it's if you uh, I've been really fortunate that a lot of people done things for me just purely out of the kindness of their heart to see me progress in my life and um, throughout my martial arts career and it's great to, to be able to pay that forward and if everybody else, if everybody tried to do that you know and just positively affect those around them uh, I think the world would be a better place in general. It's a brilliant answer. For me personally, like I've always thought of like the small moments. Like I always think to be a hero, you look at like parents or you look at somebody that does something small for you, and like those things build up. It's like catalyst for change, and over time, like that might have a massive positive positive impact on your life. So, like you say, it's not necessarily about someone having this limelight. It's about little instrumental things that change who you are as a person and give you that confidence. Just, just even believing in you, you know. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes people just don't believe in them. That's that's honestly, unfortunately for me, one of the sad parts of martial arts is that yeah, you're constantly around people who have massive potential that just unfortunately sometimes don't see it in themselves. And even if you tell them, they'll still not see it in themselves. It's about something about the way you tell them or being able to show them. Um, so you know, for for all the, the the great that you see, you also see the sadness of people not believing in themselves. But that's where you know, every now and again, you get to turn that around for somebody, and, and they'll actually fulfil their potential. And that's where it's so rewarding. You get to see that and see somebody make the most of themselves and, and, and you know what they're capable of doing. Thank you very much. I think yeah, I think that summarises basically everything we've talked yeah, about perfect. really nicely. And I wouldn't take up any more of your time. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Probably a few hours. Appreciate it very much. Yeah. So we'll keep going now. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much, dude. Appreciate it.